welcome to She Brigade the Podcast. I'm your host, Belun Tlemsemeche. On this podcast, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come and share their life and career journeys with you. From entrepreneurs to 9 to 5ers, join us as each guest takes you through all of the highs and all of the lows of their journeys that have led them to being who they are today. Hey Brigade and welcome to another episode of She Brigade. If you're new here, welcome and I hope you come back for more episodes. If you're a returning Brigader, welcome back. Just a reminder guys, if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend or on social media. We are at She Brigade on all platforms. Also, please rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. It goes a really long way. And sign up to our newsletter for the latest updates using the link in the show notes. Today's guest is Efua Ose. Efua is the co-founder of She Leads Africa, a platform that gives women the community, information, and inspiration they need to live the lives of their dreams. She's also a partnership strategist, coaching and giving women the tools that they need to create partnerships that can excel their businesses. On this episode, Efua takes us through her entrepreneurship journey and gives tons of advice based on her experience as an entrepreneur someone who worked as a management consultant, as well as her experience from business school. So, let's dive in. Hey, Fira, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you on. Um, you're definitely one of the women that I look up to as someone who's trying to build an online community, um, trying to do so many things at once, like I'm in corporate, but I still have this. You are definitely someone that I've looked up to just from the work that you, you've done. And I always get so shocked when people say that. Like, one, I'm thankful, very grateful, of course. But then I'm always like, me? Like, what? I'm just in the house <laughs> in my pajamas. So um, it's always a bit wild. But I'm so grateful for anyone who's ever seen our work, anyone who's ever been encouraged or inspired or motivated. I'm like, wow, that's super dope. And that's all that really matters. Yeah, and I think you've built such an amazing global footprint that that's also very admirable. That couldn't have been easy um, from your from your 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 brand that you own, but also from your personal brand as well. You know, it's incredible the footprint you've built there. Yeah, honestly, it's like an experiment. I'm like, let's just test and see. <laughs> I think we sometimes we get to a point where we don't try new things or we're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is what we studied and this is what we've done before in the past. So that's the only thing that I can do. But I try to remember and encourage myself to be like, you know what, let's try this new thing. Let's see if it'll work. If it doesn't work, cool, you learn something new. And so that's how I kind of th- approach and think about the whole personal branding thing. You know, mm. let's see where this thing can go. And let's just go and see what happens. Awesome. Okay, so on the podcast, we like to start all the way from the beginning. So I want you to take us all the way back. Take us back to what it was like for you growing up, your childhood, your upbringing, and your schooling. So I grew up in the U.S. outside of Washington, D.C. My parents are from Ghana, and I... Grew up in, I think it was like a pretty cool, chill household. Like, it's just, you know, do your homework, read your books. I think that's standard, <laughs> right? Like, read your, do your, you know, study, do your, read your studies, you know, don't embarrass yourself in public. Like, that was really <laughs> it. That was the main focus. And I've always been pretty active. I've always been talking way too much. So those are some things that have been consistently, consistently about me my whole life. And 
I just always wanted to be engaged and know what was happening and be of service mm-hmm. and be helpful. I, uh, I studied in school, political science, growing up outside of DC, you know, a lot of politics, a lot of community impact. And I thought I was going to go to law school, but then I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer, but I liked the way that lawyers were able to have an impact when it came to government, when it came to policy, when it came to all these different areas. But then I learned about public policy and like, those are actually the people who are studying, who are researching and who are creating some of the policies that affect the world around us. And then I thought, okay, that is a good space for me to go into. After school, I had some really incredible life opportunities that I'm so grateful for. I had a chance to live and work in Malaysia for about nine, 10 months. As a Fulbright Mm. scholar, I worked on a variety of political campaigns. I did some political work, just a really, just exploring the world. And if you have a chance I think it's important to try and explore, even if it's your own country. And so many of us live in countries where we don't even know what's happening in those other provinces or regions or states. We don't even try. We don't go anywhere. Mm. And so I said, you know what? When else are you going to have a chance to just try something different and new? And that's what I did. Then I went to graduate school for policy. Then I saw that all the fine boys, you know, the fine boys in suits were at business school. So I said, you know, something is happening <laughs> over there. Let me get into it. Took the test. I got into business school. I said, great. Get into business school. I was like, I have absolutely no clue what I'm doing here. I'm not a business person. I'm a political person. I care about the community. but And I'm surrounded by all these people who care about, like, hedge funds and, you know, consulting and finance. And I'm just like, wow. I just felt like I didn't fit in at all. So anybody out here who's like, wow. Is this space for me? I promise you, you'll figure it out. You will absolutely figure out. You'll find mm-hmm. the people in the community that you want to get connected to. And and you'll just find your way. And I just realized, you know what? I said, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity. I'm going to really maximize it and learn as much as I can. You know, I was going back and forth between policy school and business school. And I had a chance to go to Lagos, Nigeria for a summer internship. And that's what changed the entire trajectory of my life, having this summer internship in Lagos, being exposed to all of the excitement, the energy, all of the really smart people who are like, I'm going to try and do something that's going to impact the continent. And then boom, that's how SLA got started. And then there's a whole SLA story. So was that your first time in Africa, by the way? No, it wasn't. But um, like when I was a baby, we came and then I was, mm. we took a family vacation when I was 12. And I, it's very funny because I know a lot of people think that, oh, once people travel overseas, they travel abroad. It's like, oh, they must be making money. Yeah, but there's <laughs> always so many commitments to family that's back home. So I just think my family didn't have money to be dragging four kids, you know, back and forth every single summer. That's so expensive. Flights are expensive. Mm-hmm. Taking off time from work. So being able to do consistent travels with my family wasn't a thing. So when I went to Lagos, it was my first time as an adult coming by myself. Also, I'm not Nigerian. So I also was in a country where I didn't know anybody. I had no background, no expertise. I was just like, okay, we going to make this work somehow, some way. I had a great summer. And then I ended up coming back full time. Oh, wow. So, okay. So there's a, but there's a lot that you did. So there's a lot that you did. Um, I, I know you worked at, you were a management consultant. Yes, I was. You worked I was. at the office of the first lady, Michelle Obama. 
I just have to, I've been on the move. I just been doing things. Girl, like it's <laughs> actually wild. I just want to know um how do you make decisions? How do you decide, okay, I'll do that next? I know you mentioned earlier on that it's about experimenting, trying new things out, but really what is it that is in you that says this is the thing I want to try next? What what's your guide sure. and compass? Yeah. I, I think there are about three things that I really look at that help guide me when it comes to making professional decisions and deciding where I'm going to go on my journey next. The first thing is, is this going to be something that's cool and interesting? Mm. Like that's me, honestly, I want to do things (laughs) that are cool and interesting and that looks different to everybody. So I don't think that you have to be into fashion or music or celebrity for it to be cool and interesting. I'm not into that. But for me, you know, I thought that business consulting was interesting because I'm going to be able to solve problems. And I thought that would be interesting. So I always try to use that lens. Cool and interesting. The second thing is, am I going to be able to build my skills? I think for many young people, we look at titles more important than skill building. And regardless of who your manager is, regardless of the title that you're in, if you haven't learned anything, if you haven't improved as an individual, then it's not worth the time. And so I've always looked at, am I going to be able to build myself? Am I going to be able to build a new skill set? Is it going to improve me as an individual? Is it going to expand the options and the choices that I have for my career? And is this going to be a value added to me as an individual? After cool and interesting and skills, the third thing is, am I going to be able to be of service and impact to others? Thankfully, Mm. that's something that my mom really ingrained in us, community service, helping others. And I absolutely want to make money. That's important. Like, that, we got to do that too. Let's not deny it. Yes. We no, need we to and I, I'm like, anybody who denies that, I'm like, you're a liar. Yeah, that's a liar. But for me, it's like, okay, I want to make sure that I'm doing good for myself because I want to take mm-hmm. care of myself and my family. But I also want to make sure that I'm able to, um, to be of service and to help others as well. And so those are kind of the three things that I use to help me decide it. And it's challenging. Sometimes you won't know, you can't predict, but that's why it's important to have your values up front. It's like, okay, if I'm using these values and I'm using this as an evaluation metric to use, am I heading on the right track? Am I in the right direction? And can I continue to twist and turn and evolve as I continue down that pathway? Yeah. Wow. Write that down if you're listening. I love, I love those three. I absolutely love those three points. And you know, I read somewhere, uh, an interview that you did, you said, I want to change communities and change economies. Absolutely. Because that's what like that micro mean? and it's macro. Yeah. So what does that mean? What exactly does that mean for you? I think that there's so much that we can do on the micro level in communities, in friend groups, in culture that just helps people feel that they have freedom. A lot of our culture is very restrictive. It's about all the things you can't do. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And you're like, why? Because somebody said so and so. Like somebody said this is a tradition. And I think that all around the world, we would feel much better and people would be able to be their fuller selves if they found freedom and if they felt that they could really live life to their maximum. And so that's what I think about like in the micro, in the communities that we're in, helping people feel encouraged, helping people feel free, helping people feel inspired to go and try to live whatever it is, the dream that they have that they want to live. On the macro level, that's changing economies. And I absolutely believe in the power of women and women-led businesses to change the way that African businesses run, 
to change the way that global businesses run. And there are so many areas that have not been looked at because women are not involved in the conversation. Mm -hmm. There are so many problems that continue to exist because the people who are experiencing those problems aren't valued or they're not given the opportunity to share their expertise and to really guide and lead. And I am excited about what could happen if we had more women given the Mm -hmm. same opportunities to create things. I think about areas like education, like health, uh, like transportation that would be so greatly impacted if you had different viewpoints and different mindsets involved. So that's what I think about from an economic perspective is if perhaps the work that I do encourages someone to start and grow and then that then leads them on an incredible path, then that's great. Like that's my contribution to the world. That's my contribution to these economies because somebody else saw that it was possible and that they could do it just because someone encouraged them and said, go for it. You can try. Yeah. Love it. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a whole big long story around SLA. Uh, Maybe can you just briefly tell us um, how you came to starting it, um, what it's about and how the growth has been there? Just, yeah, I'm sure we can talk about it forever, but like just something (laughs) briefly. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, I feel like I've just been talking about it for so many years. It's like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Like, <laughs> I'm tired. So back in 2012, when I had that summer internship in Lagos, Nigeria, I was a business school student. And business school is designed to help you get a job. It's designed to help you be successful. So there were so many resources in front of us that was designed to make sure that we were good. You know, we were taught interview skills, networking skills. We were even taught how to hold your plate when you go out to an event, hold your plate, hold your wine, and still have your hand empty to shake hands. No. I promise you, there were like classes, how to enter into a conversation, how to leave a conversation, how to keep it going. Like those things that people don't teach you, but Mm. we know are so valuable in the professional world. And it's like, these things really matter, but you're not learning them in school. And so I had a chance when I was having my summer internship to just see that there are some people who get the information. They get pulled aside. They get somebody telling them something. They get a mentor. They get an advisor. And they're able to use that to help them guide their careers. And the people who don't, they mm. miss out on opportunities. They are left out. And they're like, "What? what's happening? You can be a great employee, but that doesn't mean you're going to get the opportunity at work. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're going to get that opportunity for your business. And there are all these unspoken things. So I was like, you know, what? I feel so blessed and I feel so privileged to have this opportunity to get this kind of information. So how can I take that wisdom, that guidance, all the resources and the privilege that I have and share it with others? And that's where the idea started from. And that's the entire core premise. How do I take this information and help others so that regardless of who you know, where you live, the kind of connections you have, you can still be successful. And I think that's the that's the true representation of fairness. That if you work hard, it should produce results. Not mm. if you work hard, someone's going to be able to come in front of you because they knew how to navigate the system and they yeah. knew how to like work it away, work it around. So like any good business idea, you know, you try it first and it doesn't really work. It doesn't really take off. <laughs> it doesn't take off. And it was challenging pulling together a team was working on it, was working on it. It wasn't really having a lot of traction, did an event in Ghana, but I decided to take a full-time offer as a consultant, moved to Lagos, still had the idea in the back of my head. And, but I just said, you know, I need to focus on work at the time. Mm. After about a year of 
work, I said, okay, I want to try this new thing again. I want to try it. And I was able to bring another colleague on from the consulting firm to, to join me. We did an event and it like popped off. I said, whoa, okay, look at this. Another fun fact for entrepreneurship is that sometimes the timing isn't right. You yes. can be too early or you don't have everything together or whatever it is. Like sometimes it's just not the right time. And so you have to continue to build on it. You have to continue to work on it. And then when it comes together, you'll be like, wow, all the things that I was waiting for, they finally happened. And so we did that. And, um, you know, we did that. And then people started to ask us. They were like, they were like, wow, okay, can you come and do this in Kenya? Can you come and do this in South Africa? Can you come and do this in Ghana? And I'm like, this is not a business. Like, <laughs> I have work to go to on Monday. Like, I still got work to go to. So that kind of showed us that there, there was something more here. Yeah, that there was something, something bigger yeah. that we could do. But ultimately, we like we still had full time jobs. We didn't want to be event planners. That wasn't a desire. So we really had to brainstorm and thinking about what are different ways that we can be of service. And that's where the digital community came about. Mm. That's how we realized, let's do something that connects women in South Africa, in Kenya, in Canada, in the UK, because we're all trying to figure out how do we do this? How do we grow and how do we scale? And it just really took off from there. Mm. By the way, fun fact, the last um, event that I went to before the pandemic actually hit was your event in South Africa. And that's the last <laughs> event that we did. That and was the last event I went to. Yeah, and I was in the country when Cyril was like, you got to get out of here. Airports are closing. Yeah. <laughs> I said, okay, 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 okay. So absolutely, I mean, it's such a privilege and a blessing that we were able to do that event in mm. Joburg in March 2020 before everything shut out, shut down, before everything popped off and... And it was just like a blessing. I think it was like great to kind of like keep the COVID blues away for a little bit because we still had that energy and excitement from that event. But yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful that you were there and I hope you had a good time. I did. I definitely did. Um, okay. So you mentioned that you were working full time. At what point did you leave your job and have you been working and doing other things while running SLA or yeah, how was that? How has your work dynamic been? Absolutely. So I encourage everybody, 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 you got to save your money and you got to change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Because if you decide to start a business, you're taking a risk. You're mm -hmm. starting a risk. So the first SLA event that we did outside was September 2014. I left my full-time job February 2016. So there's a bit of time where it was a side mm -hmm. hustle because it takes time to prepare your life. I had to save money. I had to, you know, not move out of my fancy apartment. I switched cars. I had to adjust my lifestyle because I didn't know when I'd be able to make money again. Mm -hmm. And the first time I actually got a salary from the company was August 2017. That's right? like a year later. Yes. A year and a half later, basically. Yeah. And so I had to, you know, and I am was living in a country that I'm not from. I didn't have family. And so it can be very challenging, like very challenging to be like, wow, how am I going to make it survive? So you got to plan and you got to prep first. Mm. And I didn't want to be broke. I didn't want to like be going back home, begging my <laughs> parents, can I sleep on your couch and all that kind of stuff. And it's absolutely a privilege. And I do recognize that it's a privilege to be able to say, I'm going to go without making money. And I know yeah. that not all of us have that. We have families. 
We mm-hmm. have people that we need to support. We have things that are required of us and expectations. So I'm very grateful that I was able to have a career that was able to support me for long enough until the business got moving on. I was able to have more consistent revenue, but absolutely a year and a half without salary and just trying to figure out how do we make this business work on a sustainable and a consistent kind of way. Mm, mm. And of course, now you are a partnership strategist. Yes, that's, what what I that that's the name I gave myself. So I'm going to stick with it. <laughs> what does that mean? And what do you do? Is that a side job that you're doing? Is that your main, your main, your mainstream that you're, you're going for now? Like, is, is, is SLA now on the side? Like, what's happening there? Great. So thankfully, Sheely's Africa is a business that is not dependent on the people who are there day to day. And so I think anybody who is running a business, your goal should be to have it run without you. Mm-hmm. Because if you have to be involved every single day, then you're like, what? Like you haven't really created that kind of freedom for yourself. And so thankfully, we have an incredible team and people who are able to run the business. And honestly, I just, I don't even do anything. I'm just, people just see me on Instagram. <laughs> My main job is to be on Instagram and be make, and making games, right? And so the work that I do now is, thankfully, SLA has been able to work with some really incredible partners. We've worked with brands like Dark and Lovely, Visa, Estee Lauder, Facebook, Google, Samsung, mm-hmm. Intel, to create innovative partnerships collaborations and campaigns with them and people seeing the great work that we did with SLA, they've asked, how can I do that as well? And I Mm want to see more women, especially black women, build these kind of collaborations and make this kind of money because direct to consumer, while it's great, it's fantastic. The internet has opened up so many opportunities. I think that there is also opportunity in the corporate space because people are making money they're spending money there, but many of us are not able to get these corporate contracts. We're not, we don't have the relationships. We don't have the structures. We're not there and we're not engaged in that. And so that's what I want to do. And that's what I teach people to help them understand how can they secure corporate partnerships? How can they build out a sales structure so that absolutely have your direct to consumer Absolutely, you know, do your business, have it be active on social, have a website, but also have other ways of generating revenue, also have other ways so that you're really diversifying and you're accessing different types of opportunities. So that's what I do through coaching. And I have a membership community for those who want to do it, because I don't think that SLA should be the only one that's like working with these companies. Like, no, there should be more people. There's a lot of money out there. So we don't have to just limit it. So, you know, one group of people, more people should be able to, you know, have these relationships and help them grow their businesses as well. Wow. I love that. And what you just said now links in so nicely with um, the reason why you started SLA too. And it's just like a golden thread in your journey. And I absolutely love that. uh, That consistency. I I, I love that. Love, love, love that. Okay. So um, I always like to ask my guests for you, what has been, what have been the, Okay, wait, sorry. I was going to ask you about highlights. But before we get there, I have another question that, I'm, that I want to ask you. What lessons are you taking from your journey with SLA that you're applying now in your personal business? I think any, any, any business will teach you patience. 
honestly and truly, <laughs> it will teach you patience because this is hard. And I have a friend who also has a business and he was like, this sucks. I said, yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. And don't let anybody lie to you. There are moments of joy. Absolutely. It's a complete blessing and privilege to be able to do this, but mm. it also sucks because many times it's not working. You're taking an idea that you had in your head and you're trying to bring it to life. Many times people won't get it. Many times people won't support it. It just doesn't make sense. People like are used to doing things a certain kind of way. It will suck. And mm -hmm. that I think is actually kind of refreshing because you might be out here thinking that every single day is supposed to be great and it won't be. And having a business, you'll realize that some days are excellent and they're great. Other days are horrible. But you got to remember and stay focused on those things that are great. Remember what you're trying to achieve. What's the goal? And mm. understand that there's always a way to improve and do better. And, and that's important. I think the second thing that being an entrepreneur has shown me is that you can always try something new. You can always try something new. It doesn't matter just because you finish school. It doesn't mean you can't go back to school. Just because you learn one skill, it doesn't mean you can't learn it again. Because in entrepreneurship, you're always having to learn to grow and evolve. The market is changing. Your mm -hmm. customers are changing. The world is changing. You have to stay adaptable and flexible. And I try to keep that in mind in my own personal life. I can't be like, oh, I can't try that. I've never done it before. It should be, I've never done that before, so I'm going to go try it. Just changing mm -hmm. the mindset and the perspective. And thankfully, like entrepreneurship will just remind you that there's always a way that you can do it better and you can always learn something new. So just go and try. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So back to my, my, my other question that I wanted to ask you, what have been the biggest highlights of your journey for you? And also, and maybe more importantly, what have been the lowlights of your journey? Yeah. So I don't really have highlights or lowlights. I'm going to try and conjure up some, you know, so that I can answer this question. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to try and answer this question well, because I try my best when I think about lowlights first is I try my best not to dwell in the lows because they always come. So it literally is like an up and down. It's a hill. You're going up, you're going down, you're going up. It's expected. And what I try to just think about is like, how do I not stay in this place for too long? I think absolutely, absolutely just trying to figure out how to stay relevant and engaging. SLA started in 2014. Social media has changed. Digital marketing has changed. Communities have changed. Our audience has changed. Like some of the things that you do, it won't work anymore. You can't keep mm. doing the same things you was doing back then. The results won't be the same. And there can be low lights. Like when you try a campaign and you're excited about it and then it flops. And you're like, what? Did I lose it? I don't, I don't have that magical touch anymore. Like, <laughs> people don't like me. Do people hate me? Oh, my gosh. Like, all these things can run through your mind. But you have to remember that those lows are part of it. You should expect yeah. it. You should prepare for it. If you have the right structure, the right mindset, the right framework, you should understand that it's going to come and it's going to happen. And so that's like one of those things many times you'll have this great idea and it just won't land. It just won't work. It just, people just won't be interested. It won't be engaging and that's okay. You just have to try and figure out how to do it better, how to improve and how to go from there. I think another low light, absolutely. I think anytime somebody decides to leave your company, it's mm. hard because you're like, no, stay here forever. But nobody can stay here forever. Yeah. Like, that's not what people are supposed to do. People have their own independent journeys and careers and opportunities that they want to pursue. 
And so you have to really think about like, you're just there to help them during that stage in their life and prepare them and support them along their journey and let them continue to keep moving. And that's it. But I think at the beginning, we definitely would take it personally because we're like, what are we not <laughs> What we haven't done all we can for you? You can see my voice gets high pitched when I'm like exasperated. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but I think over time you just learn that, you know, your people aren't gonna stick with you forever, but that's not a bad thing. People are there mm. for the experience and that's that. I think the highlights is just that being on an incredible journey, it's like, wow, we really are doing this thing. Taking an idea that I had in my head in 2012 and turning it into a company that pays people salaries every single month, mm. like that's unbelievable. That's, that's such, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Absolutely, it is. And that's, I just, in every new, every new thing that happens, it's like, wow, like, thanks to God and the blessings and the skills that he's given us, like, look at what it's turned into. Like, mm. look at this. And it's just, it'll be in the smallest moments. It could be a team call. We have a bunch of people on the team call, and you're like, wow, all these people work for me? What? <laughs> that's why, and like, that's just an incredible feeling. And it's really, and it's really just, it's really wild. And many times, oftentimes, it's not the famous stuff. Like, it's not the news articles, because those news articles, you don't make no extra money from them. It's not like all those <laughs> other things. Like, people be like, oh, we want to talk to you. And I'm like, that's not going to help my business. But it can be like the small things in that creating something that people buy into. That they're yeah. excited about, that they want to connect to. That's such an incredible feeling, and I'm I'm grateful for that all the time, all the days. Mm, mm. What is your vision for yourself in the future? Honestly, I've already had about three or four different lives. I'm about I'm going to have <laughs> about four or five different ones. I think there's so much more that we can do, and thankfully for us, we don't have to stick to one thing. We don't have to stick to one job. We don't have to stick to one country. We don't have to stick to one industry. We can continue to evolve and grow and change. And I'm so grateful for that. So I'm excited about media. I think there's so many stories to tell. There's ways to encourage and inspire people uh, to teach them things. I am excited about travel. Like, we, I'm trying to be outside, right? So, like, when that comes, <laughs> outside, being able to explore I'm excited about research. You know, I, I want to know, are these things that we're doing, are they actually impacting people's lives? And how can we figure mm -hmm. out the most effective ways to support entrepreneurs, especially black women entrepreneurs, to really position them for success? Not in a micro, small scale kind of way, because there's so much conversation about micro, micro, micro. It's like, what about those women that want to build these big businesses? How can we best position them for success? Mm. Also, I yeah, you know, I love my family. I'm excited to spend more time with them. And so I just feel like I got so many different iterations of my life. You might yeah. see me in five years and I'll be doing something totally different. <laughs> like we get a chance to try. We can try. We can do all the things. We can try different things. And it's a blessing and I'm really grateful for it. So I'm gonna take advantage of it and I'm gonna just keep doing it. Yes, good. Absolutely. Um, so you've obviously done and like you mentioned, a lot of like media interviews and you know, had a lot of articles out there written. What is one thing that, um, one thing about you that we don't really talk about or the, or the articles don't really talk about or is not really out there that you would, that is very important to you that you'd like to share if you'd like to? <laughs> well, I think the importance of just like deciding, it's very funny because people see me on social 
And they're like, oh my gosh, you're so fun and nice. Yeah. Like literally somebody's in my DMs last week, like, cause they were asking me about my hair and I'm just like, I can't help you. Like if we're talking about hair and she's like, oh, well, I mean, you just seem so fun and nice. And so you're just so different. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I think it's really important that we talk about boundaries. They like really talk oh, about boundaries. Yes. Is that, um, I don't, I don't think that we talk enough about how do we be respectful of others and how do we manage the expectations that we have of people that really give a lot that, and I love to have conversations. I'm happy to support people's platforms. I like to be on social and share and contribute and all those kind of things. But sometimes the expectations that people have is is wild. It's it's out of control. And it's like people are people. They're humans. Sometimes they want to be private. You're not going to know everything. You're not going to see everything. Please be grateful for what it is that they choose to share. So that's not something that we talk about enough. But the audacity. I'm always so shocked. <laughs> and thankfully, like, I'm very grateful. People who connect with me are actually very kind. They're very respectful. I don't have people that are like rude for the most part. I don't have wild DMs or anything like that. (laughs) So like, it's not super hectic for me. Like as I can imagine it is for like some stars. Like I can only imagine what Bonang's DMs look like. Like I (laughs) I couldn't even imagine. I got to pray for her in those DMs now. (laughs) Thankfully she responds to my DMs. Cause I'm like, girl, you probably have thousands and thousands. Like that's so overwhelming. Yeah. The expectations that people have for you always to be available, always to respond, always Mm. to give them the answer they're looking for without like kindness or courtesy. It's just so wild Mm. to me. It's absolutely so wild to me. And so I just think that that empathy towards others, especially people who are creating for their business or personally, just showing more kindness and understanding, I think, is something that I wish we talked a bit more about that I think is really important. Mm, please, guys. Absolutely. I, I love and agree with that. Like, we, you should be grateful for someone is, is already willing to share with you. Like, manage expectations. If someone's not comfortable, some, it's, that's okay. Yeah. People are people at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's, and I think it's, it's warped. It. It's definitely warped because we're online and People yes. are sharing. It's like you just assume that you should have everything. It's like, eh, no, I don't, I don't think that's how it works. Mm-mm, exactly. Works, but, yes. Jeez. Okay. So I think um, just um, tell me who influences you in your life? Who, like, who are the biggest influences of your life? I wish, like, I this question and then, like, who are your mentors? I really need to do a better job with this because I'm like, <laughs> I don't have anything good to say when it comes to this question, I try my best to just listen and learn and observe as opposed to mm-hmm. follow, as opposed to following like one particular person's, um, mm. you know, Genia. strategy or life. It's like, my job is to observe and take what I want to take and leave what I don't want. And that's what mm-hmm. I think actually I wish more people would do because some people like, They'd be like, oh, this person did this, this person, I need to follow it exactly. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Or this person said that. It's like, no, no, no. Take what's relevant to you and apply it from there. So I try my best to listen, to learn, to read books related to sales, related to marketing, related to community, to understand what's happening. I also try my best to pay attention to what's happening in other industries to learn how it might be relevant to you. I do have a really great mentor uh, she's in LA and she is so good. I'm like, I think I'm good at partnerships, but she's like, 
someone's better than me. But she mm. really does <laughs> a lot of celebrity brand partnerships and beauty, health, wellness industries. And I, the most important thing is like being encouraged and excited by people's creativity. Like just the way that you can continue to put different things together, how you can make different things happen. And I get so excited when I see that because mm. I'm like, yes, absolutely. I love it. I want to see more of it. Like that's really great and encouraging to me. So that's what I, that's what I do. Like I don't have particular people, but absolutely the creative industries, the marketing industries. I really like to like see what's happening in the food industry. Just other places where you can see creative people living out their full passion and their full desires. I think it's encouraging and it's good to see. I like that. And I can also relate to it quite a bit because I also feel like, I don't have that one person that, like, you know, when you're a child and they ask you, who's your role model? And I'm like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, like, why yeah. Is it just one? I don't know. <laughs> it's just about consuming bits and pieces of different people's journeys, like creative, like creative works that are out there and just bringing it all together Absolutely. and applying it to your own journey. That's it. That's all we can That's do. It. And yeah. we try and we pay attention and, I also feel like sometimes what makes an issue is that when some people put too much on one person mm. and they put too much on like a celebrity or a famous mm. person, I'm like, you don't even know that person. <laughs> Why are you putting this entire pressure and burden on them? We're all trying to figure it out. We're all yeah, trying to do literally. the best that we can. Like mm. we just got to give people, show them some grace and and let them do their thing. Yes. And you mentioned that, like you just mentioned now that you can, you just consume content in different forms. Um, can you give us maybe like two books or podcasts or anything like that, that you would highly recommend for young entrepreneurs? Hmm. It's so funny because they're downstairs and I'm upstairs and it's like, oh, I wish I could turn to them and see. One of them for sure that I can remember is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Ah. This is a very famous book. It's very popular. And the reason why it matters is as we get older and as we evolve, it's really about our habits. And when we're kids, it's our parents or our grandma or our aunties or our uncles or our siblings that are dragging us through life. They're really dragging us. They're like, get up, wash your face, (laughs) do your homework, you know, study, all those kind of things. But you'll get to a point in time where your life and the trajectory that it takes is dependent on you. It's dependent on the tr- the choices that you make, and it's dependent on your discipline mm. and your habits. And if you don't set the right habits, and if you're not consistent about it, you will find yourself consistently underperforming. And you're going to just have all this potential, but you're not going to turn it into results. And so your habits really matter. So I like Atomic Habits because it just reminds us the importance of consistency of being disciplined and really designing the type of life that you want to live so that you don't look back five, 10 years and be like, oh, that happened to me. That no, 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 I was purposeful and I was proactive about designing the life yes. and keeping the habits that are going to allow me to get there. And in all the things and in all the ways, the people who are successful are the people who are consistent and they're disciplined and they have good habits, right? That's the only way that you're going to do it. So I think that's mm. really important. And then the second thing that I do actually is I read fiction books that are relevant to my target audience. So my target okay. audience are young African women. So whenever I'm traveling and there's a bookstore in Oartambo that has a lot of books from authors from across the continent. So mm-hmm. I always, every time I go to the airport, I'm always looking for books from Zimbabwe, from Zambia, from Kenya, from Namibia, because I want to understand 
what are people in my community reading? What's their experiences? What's their history? What's their legacy? How are they thinking about things? And so that's just my personal choice because I want to know what my audience cares about. So that's how I like for me, that's a business book, reading a book by a South African author so that I can understand, you know, what's happening and what they're thinking about. That's research for me so that I'm able to relate and I'm able to connect with them as well. So that's how I approach it. Some will be technical skills like atomic habits and other things will be things that just help me better understand where people are coming from and and what Mm. matters to them and how can I communicate and connect with them in the best possible way. Oh my gosh, I've never thought of it like that. Like, that is actually, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. That makes so much sense, yeah. Like it doesn't have to be. us, you know, literature influences us. All those yeah. things go into how people perceive, how people they communicate. And I need to be in there right with them. Yeah, because you focus so much on trying to get, like you said, the technical skills. And you read all of these books and all of these uh, podcasts about business, entrepreneurship, um, career women, whatever, all these things. But actually... Maybe just immerse yourself in the culture, immerse yourself in the content that, like you say, in your audience is is consuming. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I love that. That's 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 a good one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my favorite part of the podcast where I get to ask my favorite question. Right. This question comes from my favorite quote, which is, "Be who you needed when you were younger." Okay. I love that quote. So basically, the, the idea is that we can never go back and change time. But one thing that we, that we can do is if there's someone out there who, needed to, who needs to hear what you would have needed to hear, then you can give them that message, right? So yes. if you could go back in time and talk to younger Efua, what would you say to her? Yeah, I would tell her that she should continue to explore and... Uh, and keep, maintain relationships with her family and friends. I think mm. sometimes we we have this thing that, okay, like work-life balance is only for people who have kids. It's only for people who are like grown up and serious. Mm. But I think that in all the ways, you can choose how you want to prioritize your life. And that's really what it is. It's really about prioritizing. And once mm. you prioritize, you then put the resources, the money, the time on the schedule to make it actually happen and make it come to reality. So when I was younger, I really felt like, okay, I had to only be focused on work. I didn't have time to be up to date with my friends and my family and all that kind of stuff. But then I realized that absolutely no, you can design the type of life that you want to live. And that's it. You can prioritize other kinds of things. Even if Mm -hmm. your people around you aren't prioritizing it, if it's important to you, then you can do it. And so that's what I think is, like, that's what I would tell her. I would just say, hey, focus on what you, like, what you really care about and choose to carve out time. Choose to set aside money so that you are living a life that just feels more whole and it's not just focused on one thing over the other. You don't have to wait until you're married to have work-life balance, right? You don't have to wait until you have kids to figure out what you want to prioritize. You can start today. And figure out what's important to you. Let me put the time and the money behind it and live it and continue to learn and improve as I go along. Mm, Isn't that crazy? We do that, don't we? Like we delay things because of what we think, how we think life should look like. Yeah. We end up delaying relationships, delaying the things that we love and care about because your 20s are for your career or whatever the case. Absolutely. And I don't think so. And that maybe worked for some people. And it's great. And that's, 
I think it goes back to our point that we discussed earlier. It's like you take what you want from it. Mm. Yes, that worked for that person and it might have worked for some other people, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the pathway that you take. Mm. What can you learn from it? What can you observe from it? And then how can you apply it and change it based on your own personal life and your own preferences? Yes. Oh my gosh, this has been amazing. Uh, okay, it's a bit of an echo. <laughs> it's fine. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm so excited. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm so grateful. And um, I think the entire She Brigade, she Brigade movement <laughs> is so great. Like it's super cool and we need more of it. So I'm so excited I was able to share my story and contribute just a little bit to the conversation. Uh, thank you so much. How can our audience get in touch with you, get in touch with your services, follow your journey? Absolutely. So Sheely's Africa is at Sheely's Africa on all channels. And you can join that community at Sheely'sAfrica.org. For me personally, I am at Hello Afua. That's H-E-L-L-O-A-F-U-A on all socials. And you can visit my website, AfuaOse.com. That's A-F-U-A-O-S-E-I.com. Thank you. This has been amazing. Thank you, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to She Brigade. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend you think will enjoy it too. You can also share it on your social media and tag us at She Brigade. Don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so feel free to email your questions or your suggestions to info at shebrigade.com or DM us on Instagram or Twitter at shebrigade. Until next time, bye.